Hi everyone, welcome back to the Dubai Natural Muscle Podcast, episode 7, and we are back to talk about um, the, the post-show rebound, or the reverse diet, I suppose, and, and what kind of stumbling blocks we've ran into, what the plan should be after your show, um, and there definitely should be a plan, you shouldn't just have, have no plan at all, and how to make the most of that kind of transition into the off-season to make sure you don't just blow up like a balloon and gain a heap of fat instead of muscle. Um, Kyle, what was your post-show experience like in 2019? 2019 was all in all quite a bit better, but I think it's just more with experience. You understand uh, how your body reacts post-show as well. You understand kind of the circumstances that are there in place. So what I mean by that is like, the first show I did, I didn't really understand how my body would respond after, say, four months of dieting, cardio, training. So after a show, the last thing you want to do is diet, cardio, and train super hard. You kind of want to take a break. Uh, but what happens is if you're not paying attention those you know, four to eight weeks after the show, if you just allow yourself to stop doing cardio completely, um, get back to maybe maintenance calories, you'll realize that you're going to put on quite a bit of fat in that time because your body is used to this uh, extreme caloric deficit as well as the amount of cardio you're doing. So if you take all your levels from an extremely low point and then jump back up instantly, your body's just going to put on fat. It's kind of like that, uh, that fight or flight response. So for me in the, in the last show, um, I learned from my mistakes in the years past and I kept my diet relatively low. So if I finished on 1500 calories, I mean, I did bring it up. I brought it up to, I think, 1750. Um, but I brought my cardio back down to about an hour a day as opposed to 90 minutes that I was doing near the end. And I just slowly um, worked my food back up and worked the calories back down over the matter of two to three months um, to the point that I was back to a normal baseline amount of uh, cardio uh, for my off season and my food was at least back up to maintenance. And then I could start pushing my food up higher. And I found last year I gained a heck of a lot less uh, fat post-show. Actually, I think about two months post-show, I was still looking fairly lean, um, which, was, which was a good sign. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just something that you need to understand as a competitor, especially as somebody who hasn't competed before is you can't just get back to normal life after your show. You need to have a plan in place to get yourself back to uh, a certain amount of calories, a certain amount of cardio while maintaining your body fat to a degree. Yeah. It's really tricky. It's one of the hardest both times. Like in my first competition season and in 2019, both were like big struggles for me um yeah i found it really really difficult to stay even close to any kind of plan and like i think it's just my food focus was so so high there's just not and there's nothing you can really do about that like when you have been dieting for that long and you've been more or less eating the same foods for the last four months five months sometimes it is really difficult to control what you do moving forward if, if, if there's no 
real clear goal in sight. What definitely helped in 2019 was knowing that like, I, like I want to compete again. I want to go back to worlds. I want to like place higher than what I did before, which helped a lot in at least, at least I kept my training up. Even if I was eating a little bit, um, probably let's say not optimal. At least I kept my training up um, and, and kept doing the work in the gym, which is, I think even already I can, I can see in my physique just in, in this back half of this year, I've made some improvements, which is good. Um, but in my 2016 prep, I was just like sick of everything, like sick of dieting, sick of training, sick of cardio that I went from, like you say, like bottom of the basement calories, really high output to like the complete opposite. I did no output, like zero cardio, no training. I gave up on training. Um, like couldn't give a, a fuck about dieting diet foods even it was just an absolute mess and my food focus was just out of control to be honest um and that was yeah the good the good thing about that is that it was at least a lesson learned um because i just gained so much body fat i like i went from like whatever i was on stage which was about the high 70s kilos to like uh, uh, above 95 within within about three to four months no joke like i really did just pack it back on it was ludicrous um but as i say at least that gives you the stepping stone moving forward to be like right i'm not doing that again because it was a pain in the ass yeah it's it's i find actually the um reverse diet is much it's a bigger psychological challenge than actually prepping itself because when you're prepping you have this goal in mind you have this date that you're working towards and once you get to that date, once you step on stage and you're done, you're kind of like, okay, now I can relax. Now I can go back to my normal life, um, which in, in some ways you can, right? Like the, the end goal isn't necessarily there anymore. However, you don't want to give up all that work, four months of dieting and just go back to a point that you're actually worse from when you started prep, right? So it is m- more of a psychological thing. And I found what helps is I give myself a window after the show where I can kind of just eat whatever I want. Um, so funny thing is because I competed twice in Germany, um, after the show, I would go spend three or four days in Amsterdam and then I would just kind of eat whatever foods I wanted to eat. I give myself that three or four days vacation after the show. And then right when I got back to Dubai, I would get back onto a plan and try and keep myself within limit right so um like i said i went back to about an hour of cardio a day after about two or three weeks i was down to about a half hour cardio a day i didn't keep the cardio like as high as as some people would where you know maybe three months post show they're still doing a certain amount of cardio trying to keep the body fat off but i did cycle it down a little bit while working my calories up um i think like you said the most important thing is once you get back after a show is to get that training intensity back, right? Because it can be very easy psychologically to just kind of let yourself go relax, not do anything. But then again, if you're, if you're hoping to compete again, you want to use this reverse diet period to make the most out of, out of your physique, right? Because there are some benefits to that reverse diet period, whether you're dieting for a show or you're dieting for a photo shoot, or you're just dieting to get lean, 
when you then start to add the calories back in, take the cardio back out, you can see some amazing results during that period. Your strength can go through the roof. Uh, you can actually add quite a bit of lean muscle compared to normal. So say for someone like yourself or myself who have been training for five, six, seven years, if not more, um, it's, it's quite hard throughout the span of a year naturally to add lean muscle. You need to be doing a lot of things right. So your training needs to be on point. Your nutrition needs to be on point. Um, you need to be progressing yourself properly. Um, whereas in that reverse diet period, you can actually gain lean muscle at a, at a quicker rate than you would throughout the rest of the year, even in your off season when your calories are super high. So if you look at it from that perspective, it's actually an opportunity for you to improve your physique even, even further. Right. So I think the second time around, I looked at it that way because of like, like yourself, the first time around, I didn't gain 20 kilos, but I probably gained in a month or two, 10 to 10, 10 to 12 kilos. Right. And it wasn't good, a good 10 to 12 kilos. So the, I learned from that mistake. And the second time around, I used it more as an opportunity. Okay. Yes, I can have some cheat meals here and there. Yes, I can enjoy food once again. I don't need to keep the cardio super high, but I also want to attack this period as an opportunity for me to put on as much lean muscle as possible. Because it's almost like that, uh, that thing we joke about newbie gains or beginner gains. It's almost like you're back in that stage again where you can just add a ton of lean muscle, add a ton of strength in a very short period of time. So in the 2019 season after, after Munich, after the competition, I tried to attack that period of two to three months. And then after the two to three months, I kind of let myself get back to normal in terms of food, in terms of the flexibility with, you know, going out and eating at restaurants and whatnot, and then bring the cardio down as well. Um, but I think it's just, it's just such a psychological battle after a show, because like I said, during prep, you have this mindset, you have this end goal in mind, this end date in mind. Whereas when you're doing your reverse diet, it's like, there's no end goal. There's no end date. You're just, you feel like you're not really working towards anything anymore. And so that's the challenge is keeping yourself on a plan when you don't have this ultimate goal. Yeah. And that is that whole ultimate goal thing is really important. Obviously the ultimate goal is going to be the show, but then post show you need to think like, because you can go the opposite way. And what you were saying there was really interesting. So it got me thinking about this. Like people can go the opposite way and like keep all their cardio in and try and stay as lean as possible. And, uh, you know, almost keep their calories in the deficit. And you've, you've got to think like once that show is done, once your competitive season is over, once you've achieved that goal, what is your goal now? Your goal should be to gain muscle. Like, in the in bodybuilding the sport there there is no point in maintaining like that is it is really pointless like there are maintenance phases that are, even i do in my training but that's very much to like prime the body for a big push or a big cut but just maintaining for the sake of staying lean or whatever is really pointless so you know if you're tempted to do the opposite thing, keep all your cardio in and keep your calories really restricted. Just be aware that that is going to be hampering your ability to be gaining muscle, which is, should be your goal post shows. Like now we need to improve the, the way to improve in the sport is to get more muscle on you. Uh, whether you're a male or a female, that's, that's what it is. Um, so if you're 
you know, post-show still doing the same amount of cardio on roughly the same amount of calories, you're just continuing to cut. You're, you're not, um, you're not bringing your metabolism back up to at least where it could be, which is a problem in itself, uh, which we can touch on later, but more importantly, you're not improving your physique. You're maintaining it at best and probably actually making it worse. Um, and you see this a lot in people who do like four, five, six shows in a season by the sixth show, they just look strung out. Like they, they just don't look good anymore. Um, the body's just so unresponsive to nutrients and, and you, you can't even, even if you do a nice strong peak week, you can't get that pump. You can't get full cause your body's just is strung out. Um, and speaking of that nutrient sensitivity, that's exactly what you're talking about with that kind of three or four month block post show. Why people can be, even if you've had a good training experience like we have, you're like, super anabolic because you're 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 so lean your body's very nutrient sensitive so all that extra protein you're eating all those extra carbs they're just going straight to the right places um so they're filling up all your muscle with the glycogen those amino acids are just getting used to rebuild um a lot of tissue that you probably lost in prep and more um so that's a really good reason to to get things right in that post-show period is that your body is screaming for that nutrition. So if you provide it and keep training, yeah, it's really strange. Like I, that, that post-show period, even though it was like over Christmas for me, um, I've made really, especially January, February, I made really good progress. I was really happy with it. And if we look at like the typical off season is say you do an off season of nine to 12 months. Well, a seasoned natural bodybuilder, natural physique guy, or even bikini, you know, um, but let's just talk about men for now. Uh, a season nine to 12 month off season, you might add on four or five pounds of muscle naturally if you're doing almost everything as well as you can. Um, whereas in that two to three month block after a show or after a photo shoot, you might be able to double the rate, almost as much as double the rate of lean tissue that you would add in that normal amount of time, right? So Again, it's just attacking that opportunity because if we don't use that two to three month block to put on as much lean muscle as we can and to really try to control it to the best of your abilities, then we're missing an opportunity because then we work so damn hard for that nine to 12 month off season to just come in better for the next show. But if we, if we actually use that two to three month block, we're helping our off season just get kickstarted right away, right? Because the ultimate goal for anybody who's in this sport for the long term, not just for one show, is to come back better each time. I don't care where you placed in your show. I don't care what your physique is at right now. If you're trying to do this sport, then the ultimate goal for any natural bodybuilder should be to always come back better, right? Your physique should be improved every single year. And if it's not, then you got to kind of look at your off-season plan as well as your reverse diet and say, where can I make some changes? Where can I do a little bit better? And for me, that was the case, right? So in the off season, I'm, I'm still pretty focused, but the first time around with the reverse diet, it's just that psychological effect of, you know, wanting to eat as much food as I could again and just not do any, any amount of cardio. And I didn't take advantage of it. And so I had to work, you know, quite a bit harder in the off season just to make improvements to my physique so that when I came back to the next show, I looked better. Um, and like you said, in that two to three month block, our body is going to be so sensitive to the carbs that we're taking in, to the extra protein that we're taking in, 
even the extra fat that we're taking in. So if you're over consuming, it can work in, in the opposite realm, right? Like we talked about one, it can help you build muscle. If you're still training hard, if you're keeping your cardio relatively um, in your routine and you're not putting on too much excessive intake. Um, but the other side of it is if you take the foot off the gas pedal, if you don't train necessarily hard at all, um, if you don't do any cardio and you're just like, you're consuming extra calories, then your body's going to be sensitive to that as well. And what do you think is going to happen? It's just going to add a ton of fat to the frame, right? So taking advantage of this period is extremely, extremely important. Um, what do you think for you personally um, from the first, I know you said uh, the first year or the first competition, you gained quite a bit of weight after the show, but what did you do personally to uh, kind of combat that reverse diet a little bit better the second time around? Um, yeah, after Worlds in 2019, the, the biggest thing I did was just keep training. Like, I knew that if I trained, I would at least be like vaguely interested in my nutrition because like I'm still going to have just simple stuff, like even like bro-ish stuff. I'm still going to have a post-workout protein shake. I'm still probably going to have like oats and whey in the morning, like pre-training. Um, I'm still going to make sure I'm, you know, taking the appropriate supplements and stuff. So even if I'm eating a little bit of like garbage on top of that, at least I'm hitting the big rocks. I'm still, yeah, I might be blowing out my calories slightly. At least I'm getting enough protein. Um, at least my training intensity is, is where it's supposed to be. Um, so, and that kept me like, that gave me the motivation to at least stay like, at least stay within the, within the lines. I was still on the freeway. I wasn't like in the, in the mid, mid uh, reservation, you know? So, so that really in terms, helped. In terms of your training, in terms of your training though, how yeah. did you, how did you program your training post-show or how did you program your cardio and nutrition? That's actually, yeah, that's really, that's a good question. Cause um what i did well what i did last time was i did absolutely nothing but um what was really cool about um post show in 2019 and i think uh steve my coach actually wanted to capitalize on this you know the the, the typical thinking might be to like maybe deload or maybe peel things back a little bit but actually we we kept on in terms of like set volume intensities um and and just load and progression and load generally we kept on from prep so we like jump back in like obviously at the top end of prep you're you're training your hardest you possibly can at that point like you're really trying to like keep all the wheels on the bus um and and keep as much muscle on your body so you know it's like we say when you're cutting like what works to build muscle in your off season works to retain muscle in season and if we're looking to gain a bunch of muscle post show, like the same thing works. So we, 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 the best thing for me, and it really kept me going psychologically was just to keep all that volume and intensity reasonably high and, and go and attack it. Cause I knew that like, you know, if I was, if I was hack squatting three plates at the back end of prep, I'd be able to go in there and just absolutely annihilate the hack squat with a bit of food in the system. And that's exactly what I did. Cardio was like basically halved. I think so. I wasn't doing it that much anyway, but um, yeah, rather than like 15, 1200 to 1500 calories a week, I went down to about 600 maybe. And that tapered off as the weeks went by, uh, as the months went by. So like 600, 500, 400, 300. And now I just do it now and again. 
um, which was good as well. But the, the main thing, and I think everyone can take a, take a page out of this book and, and use it to their advantage is to like, don't back off post-show. Don't suddenly pull all your volumes down to maintenance volumes and, and this and that. Like, keep attacking because you're now going to be, whatever you were managing to do at the back end of prep will be so easy with some fuel in the tank that you'll be able to just absolutely smash it. So that was a huge bonus. Keep your volume in there. Keep your intensity in there and just pick up where you left off. Yeah. For me, it's, it's very similar. Um, so if you look at uh, where you're at in terms of volume and load, um, even intensity, right when you're about to start a prep, right? So four months out from a show, for example, um, you're probably at your highest volume and at your highest load at that point, right? Because that's the end of your off season. So optimally, that's where you'd want to be. And then as prep progresses, as you get deeper and deeper into a, a prep, you're trying to keep the load high, but you know, obviously with the loss of, of weight, it's not going to stay where it is four months out from a show. Um, you're trying to keep the volume as high as you can, but again, as your body goes deeper and deeper into a deficit and you're putting in more output in terms of your cardio, you're not going to keep the volume as high as four months out from the show. So I kind of look at it as, as a reverse, right? So how you would go into a show, you should attack that going out of the show. So where you leave off, say right before you start peak week, that's that volume, that load, that intensity, you should pick that up after your show from that point and then try to start working yourself back towards where you were four months out. However, you don't have to take it as slow. So with a, with a, with a prep, obviously you want to take this, uh, the lowering the volume quite slow because you want to keep the volume high. You want to take the lowering of the load quite slow because you want to keep the load high. Whereas after, uh, after your show, you can kind of expedite that process. So say that change in volume and load during a prep took you four months up to the show. Well, then maybe two months to, to three months, you can get back to where you were four months prior in terms of your volume and maybe in terms of your load. That might be the harder one to get your load back to where it was. But yeah, I, I just kind of look at it as the reverse of the process of prep. So when you're lowering your volume through a prep, when you're lowering your load through a prep, you're just getting right back onto that train and going actually in the opposite direction after the show just trying to bring that volume back up bring that load back up but like you said after your show you should be starting right where you left off at at the let's say eight weeks out or sorry eight days out from the show that same volume that same load start from there and then start working your way up yeah that's a really good way of looking at it actually i never really thought of it that way but yeah that's exactly what i did <laughs> um because again people will think well, right. Well, off season now, I need to go and do. Like, I need to take everything into like triples and uh, five by five or whatever. But what they don't realize is like, yes, technically you'll be upping your load by going into like these lower rep ranges, but probably like inadvertently you'll be dropping your overall load volume, um, just because like typically like multiple sets of ten to fifteen, even at a lighter weight, are going to give you more total load volume than a three by five or something so obviously you want to be working back towards being able to do those kind of loads further down the track but like to go right away into like lower rep ranges i think is might 
inadvertently drop your overall load volume, which would be a bit of a mistake. So it's worth keeping in mind that like, you know, give yourself a month or two, like you say, of reversing your prep training. And then you can go and, uh, you know, move into your strength phases and stuff like that. That's totally fine and, and worth doing. But doing that right out the gate, you'd, you'd be surprised when you calculate it all out that actually you'd be, uh, you might end up dropping a bunch of volume you didn't mean to drop. Well, we have to also understand that after a show, you're still in a depleted state. Sure, you might oh. have more carbs in your system, but your body's still in a depleted state. So what that means is you can't recover quite as quickly as you would say four months out from a show or in your or in the heart of your off season so the other end of the spectrum and i know there's other people that do this um there's there's two ends of the spectrum post show there's that are that are kind of the wrong mindset there's the one end of the spectrum where we just drop training intensity drop all the cardio and start eating like crazy and then we gain a bunch of fat but then the other end of the spectrum is when it's after your show there are people who are extremely motivated to, you know, work towards the next show or to work towards the off season. So what they do is they just throw in a ton of, like you said, ton of load right out of the gate, or they throw in a ton of volume right out of the gate. And they just create this high amount of intensity post-show because they're motivated to, to get better and better and better. And although this is a good mindset to have, to be motivated, to want to get better, you got to understand, like I said, your recovery ability is not going to be as good as it would be in the heart of your off season. So if you just go from doing say uh, for per muscle group, you're doing 15 uh, sets per week at the end of a prep or whatever it might be for you, it doesn't matter how much, but then you go and add an extra five to, to 10 working sets per muscle group immediately post show. Do you really think your body's going to be able to recover from that? Probably not. So you're actually by doing more you're limiting your ability to use that that period of two to three months to grow as much as possible because as we know if our bodies are constantly fighting to recover then they're not going to be able to add on lean tissue we need to have that recovery as well right so yeah yeah i think i think the smartest approach to take is hop on the volume that you had like we said two weeks out from your show and build from there don't just go straight into super high intensity or super high load rate after your show one because your recovery won't be there two because your, your body won't be able to handle it like you're saying if you're working into low rep ranges of say uh below five so like two to two to five on a deadlift or a squat or a bench press um but you're at a very low body weight how do you think your joints are going to respond to that and you're just increasing your risk of injury after your show because you're just trying to go too hard too soon right um, so I like to look at it like, like I said, the beginner stage. Um, if you have a client coming to you who's never weight trained before, are you going to throw them on to six days a week of weight training with high volume? Probably not. You'll probably start them off with maybe three days a week of weight training and at a minimal volume that's necessary for them to actually grow with, right? Yeah. So enough for them to grow, enough for them to see results, but not too much because what we want to do is we want to progress that volume and progress that frequency over time. Now, with someone who's doing a show, obviously after the show, you probably don't want to be doing only three days a week of training, but you can keep your volume low, you can keep your load low, and just build it over time as opposed to jumping right back into it as soon as you're done your show. 
Yeah, there's there's also no point in, like you say, trying to ramp everything up through the roof because you'll have probably taken a week off anyway post-show. Definitely if you've travelled for the show, I imagine. Like, we stuck around, hung around in Germany. I hung around in New York. Um, so there's that. And then even if you do a local show, you're probably going to like celebrate a little afterwards, uh, take a few days off. So in that way, you've also just, like, deloaded, like, heavily. So you know, you're going to be primed for the stimulus of lifting as if you'd just done a deload. So yeah, like you say, like minimal effective dose, what was working for you at the back tail and the prep will definitely work for you now. And you'll be able to recover from it 100% because you're going to be fresh. Um, so there's just no point in trying to like ruin that recovery capacity that you've suddenly built by then yeah, adding like 30% more volume or intensity for no reason. It's not going to give you any more growth. Like you're going to get the same amount of growth from, you know, <clears throat> X amount of volume than you will from X plus five uh, at that stage. So why bother doing the plus five that's going to like run you into the ground at, at the cost yeah. of no extra muscle growth, you know? So you're, yeah. you're going to be able to grow. You're going to be able to program for a longer period of time and adapt for a longer period of time. Like you exactly. said, those three, those three words you said are crucial. Minimum effective dose, right? If you can say, if you can grow off 10 sets per muscle group, then there, then that's what you should do, right? There's no need to go to 15. People have this mindset. I need to work hard if I want to see results. Yes. You need to work hard if you want to see results, but let's be smart about it. Right? If we can, see great results on 10 sets say for chest right then that means we have all this time to grow that volume to say 15 sets 20 sets 25 sets whatever it might be whereas if you just go like you said x plus five and say you start at 15 when all you really need is 10 okay you might you might see some results as long as you can recover but then that span of time that you have that you can uh, progress your program and periodize your program becomes much smaller because you've already started at a higher working threshold, right? And so there's only a certain amount of wiggle room you have moving forward to move that volume up or to push that load higher or even frequency, right? So minimum effective dose is crucial, not only for people doing uh, reverse diet, um, but for anybody out there who's thinking about starting weight training even. Just start at, a, at an amount that can get you results and then progress from there. There's no need to go, you know, uh, 110% right out of the gate. Yeah, there's no point. It's the inner bro in all of us. We all think more is better for, with whatever, with training, with protein intake, with whatever. Like more is better, more is better, more is better. Um, but it's just not the case. And, and I, it's not quite a a fully true statement, but definitely with like, with weight training, like as natural for sure, like the, the amount more muscle growth you get for doing more volume isn't that much like, but like you said, if you start closer to the ceiling, you've capped your growth limit automatically. So what's the point? You're much better off getting a little growth at the, at, the, at the lower volumes and working through and working through and growing all the way through that, like from your 10 sets 
through to 25 using all you're going to be growing at 10 11 12 13 14 all the way up to 25 or you can be an idiot <laughs> start at 20 sets and grow for 20 21 22 3 4 5 and then you're f- tired fatigued constantly mm-hmm. overtrained for want of a better word and then you need to deload almost immediately so so that's it like for 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 the natural people out there like you will grow almost as much from the minimum effective as the maximum recoverable to use Mike Isertel's kind of a wording. Like the, the growth between those two markers is almost identical. Yes, you grow more from your kind of max, but not so much more that you have to do the max. Like it's worth working through the range to get all of the growth in total. Honestly, in terms of natural bodybuilding, I think patience is key because whether it we're talking about how you're going to program for a prep or how you're going to program for a reverse diet or how you're going to program for an off season, the more time you give yourself, the more successful that period or that phase will be, right? So for a prep, if you only give yourself 10 to 12, re- 10 to 12 weeks to get shredded for a show, you're going to lose quite a bit of lean muscle during that period because you're going to have to lose weight at a more rapid pace. And it's the same for an off season. If you try to push a program as hard and fast as you can over the span of eight to 12 weeks, that's great. But then once you hit that ceiling, you're going to have to take a massive deload or you're going to have to figure something out in order to continue to add muscle and continue to progress. Whereas if you, like we said, started that lower dose where you can get results and progress it over say, 16 20 24 weeks then you're going to have a longer growth period and you're going to see far better results and your body isn't going to get trashed by the end of it all right so it's just it's just a matter of patience whether like i said you're doing getting ready for a show or it's post show you need to be patient with your body and you want to give it more time rather than less um to to see proper results yeah and i think it's really interesting listening to people who are like, Oh, I just couldn't, I just couldn't grow off 10 sets. I just couldn't grow off 15 sets. One thing, and I hate to generalize, but I notice about these people's training is they actually don't train that hard. They have to do a bunch of volume because each individual set is frankly pathetic. Like, you know, they stop at 10 because it's the number 10 um or whatever they're not they're not stopping at 10 because that's where their their kind of limit is in terms of relative intensity like they just got written in their program four by ten and so they do 10 they stop at 10 and then that's it and so yeah of course you feel like you've got more in the tank after that because you're still warming up frankly like i i always like challenge people not always because i'm a bit of an introvert in the gym and actually don't talk to anyone but online always when i'm talking to people and like troubleshooting for people i say like you should be able to do two sets of an exercise and feel like you you worked honestly and then once you can do that then then do three of that and then maybe do four of that um and then you know then you're really cooking but and i think everyone should do a, 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 at least a month's training phase like this where you take all your exercises down to two sets two sets to give it everything you've got and then tell me you need a heap of volume because firstly the first set should absolutely annihilate you anyway 
to the point where like after the second set you're like yeah i'm, I'm done like i can't do a third um it's a really interesting way just to flip your training on its head and and really open your eyes to probably how hard you should probably be training anyway well that's a, that's a different discussion we're talking that's about another training. that's another podcast yeah we're talking about if we're talking about training intensity that's a whole nother talk right because yeah. when we're saying start off with 10 sets now 10 isn't the magic number we're just no, saying no, this is that's just up well when we're saying start off with 10 sets or start off with a minimal effective dose in terms of volume or load we're not saying take your foot and only put it halfway on the gas we're saying do those 10 sets hard right like you should be working hard no matter what your volume is in the individual sets. So whether you have a coach or you're doing it on your own, you should know what your RIR is or, or RPE is for each individual exercise. So if I want to take, you know, the hack squat to an RIR of, of, uh, not, or sorry, of one, uh, I think RPE, yeah. RIR of yeah. one meaning you have one in reserve, right? then you have to realistically take it to an RIR of one, right? And this is what I think people understand, but they don't necessarily perform when they do it in the gym. What an RIR of one, say for me or for you might look like versus someone who's not doing them properly is very, very, very different, right? And going through the paces, going through the motions and just doing 10 sets and not really paying attention to your intensity and how hard those sets are, you're just kind of chasing a burn. It's not the same thing, right? So yeah, this is a whole, this is a whole other discussion, but when we're talking about uh, starting your reverse diet and starting your, your plan post-show, when we're talking about the individual training sessions, yes, we're saying bring the volume down, bring the load down, but you still want to be training towards your relative strength and your relative exertion at that period of time. Yeah. Right. So if it's 10 sets, it's 10 hard sets um, where you're focused on the exertion that you're putting into them. You're focused on the technique and you're focused on the muscle that you're working. Right. Because like you said, you can do 20 sets, right. And I can do 10 sets and we can work just as hard. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really doesn't mean you're working harder because you did seven exercises, four sets each. And this guy did say four exercises of two or three sets each. That guy might be putting his all into those four exercises. And if you're just going through the motions or just kind of going to it, like you said, number 10 or number 12 and not really like progressing it week by week in a certain level of exertion, then it's not going to be, it's not really any point to it and following your volume or following your load because there's no way you're going to progress it at that rate. Yeah, that's exactly right. We should definitely dig into that in the next episode because that I could talk about that all day, to be honest. It like fascinates me the kind of uh, the, the volume and intensity kind of battle. Uh, I love talking about it. So I think we can chalk that up for the next one. But in terms of post-show, um, did you, did you end up like really ramping up, carbs specifically carbs and protein together more even maybe even more fats like specifically nutrition wise what did you uh end up opting for i mean the first thing i added in was carbs but uh, okay i was at such a low point both shows with food like the first show i was down to 1400 second show I was down to, i think 1550 yeah. um which 
for the majority of people who do a show like this, like those are normal numbers, but they are extremely low for the average human body, right? Especially when you're someone who has trained for five plus years and your body is used to a certain amount of nutrition on, on the daily. So for me, say last year at 1550, I just brought my calories uh, up to 1850. So I added about 300 calories in straight of carbs, right? Because my protein is already where it needed to be. Even going into, you know, two weeks out from the show, your protein is still going to be super high. It's going to be at least one gram per pound of body weight. Um, so my protein was already there. I was kind of hesitant after the show to add in too much fat, right? So I just added the carbs in about 300 gram, 300 calories of carbs. So what's that? Maybe, I don't know how many grams of carbs that is. I'm well, not that good. 150. Yeah, 150 grams of carbs ish, give or take. Um, and then week by week, I started incorporating a little bit more carbs, a little bit more carbs. And as I was adding in those carbs, some fats came in there as well, just purely by being in those foods. Um, and I would say it took me about four weeks after my show to get my uh, calories from the 1550 point up to maintenance, which was about 2,500. So four nice. weeks to get up to 2,500. So that's 250 a week I, I added in if you wanted to take an average, which actually for a lot of people or, or for a lot of experts in the field would say is quite quick. Um, but I was just, I was just trying to do better than the previous show. Right. So the previous show, I just jumped right back up. This show is like, okay, psychologically, I don't want to take it super slow and, and go eight to 12 weeks to get back to maintenance. But then at the same time, I want to have some control over it. So yeah, four weeks up to maintenance. And then I stayed at maintenance for maybe about two to three weeks. Um, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Nope. Um, because I think that's appropriate. Like said, post show, post show, your body is going to be so sensitive to the excess intake of nutrients um, that even at maintenance, you can still see great results in terms of your body composition. And so I sat at uh, maintenance for about two to three weeks, and then I bumped it up a little bit. Sat there for another two to three weeks, and then that after about three months, I would say that's when really my off season started. So. I got my calories about 300 calories above maintenance at about three months post show. And then that's when I started to focus on off season. Okay. Let's really lower the cardio, really focus on my pro my training program. Uh, where should I have my volume at? Where should I have my load at and how do I progress it? And then also like, how do I want to progress my nutrition now that I'm 300 above my maintenance? how do I want to progress my nutrition in this off season? And what I learned was, you know, from the previous off season that I didn't progress it enough, which is why I had to ultimately get down to that low number of 1550 uh, near the end of my prep. So now this off season is okay. I want to get my calories up around, you know, 4,000 to 4,500. So let's slowly build through the off season, but you need to understand that post show number one, you're not going to jump right to, maintenance right out of the gate but number two you don't also necessarily want to take it super slow because i think as we've talked throughout this entire conversation you're missing that opportunity to necessarily grow yeah. right yeah i think that's really that brings up a really good 
topic about like the battle between sort of the the Lane Norton style reverse diet and the kind of 3DMJ Eric Helms recovery diet, like the two kind of options you have. And I think you did, you did. I think there's a bridge between the two to be had. So for people who don't know, Lane Norton's reverse diet is the kind of slow 12 week, 50 gram of carb addition, like slow ramp up, um, which supposedly has its benefits. I'm sure it does. Um, but like you said, I think for me and anyone who I've, to be honest, I've talked to, like psychologically, that's just such, that's just, it's another three, it's another three months of prep, honestly, like to go that slow and that, that delicate, uh, an increase. I think that's a little extreme. The recovery diet, on the other hand, is straight to maintenance, like immediately. Um, the The thinking behind that is that, you know, once you're done with your prep, you do not want to be in a deficit any, any longer. Like we said, like in an extreme sense, the goal is to get back to building muscle, get back to getting healthy. And the way to do that is to go straight to maintenance. However, I think the problem with that in its strictest form is that, you know, we, we've seen from the studies that when you diet really, really hard, you, your metabolism, metabolism gets downregulated by about 15%. So whatever you thought your maintenance was, is it going to be 10 to 15% lower than that? Um, so for people perhaps not aware, jumping back to their maintenance, pre-prep maintenance, and they're like, why am I gaining all this fat? It's maintenance. Um, so again, I think there's some issues with that. I think what you did, and I think I did similar, is that it's a nice bridge between the two that makes the most sense. Like just creeping your calories back up, uh, not you know it you hate i hate using this terminology but you know not catching your body off guard not that you can really do that but you know what i mean like just by pumping a bunch of calories in uh potentially too many calories is, is tricky uh so i think that's a really interesting conversation to have between what's your kind of thoughts between those two methods of going ultra slow and fine and just straight to maintenance well just what you talked about with the down regulation when you drop say your maintenance calories by 15 percent, you got to also understand that post-show you won't have the same output so you're not going to be doing the same amount of cardio right so that extreme deficit you're in at say even at 1800 calories right that extreme deficit you're in prior to competing is it's compiled with the cardio that you're doing right you're doing so for me 90 minutes of cardio a day okay well post show i'm not going to be doing 90 minutes of cardio a day so if i take out say 45 minutes of cardio a day you add that up over seven days that's that's a lot of extra calories that i have in my diet just purely from not having that output right so i don't think necessarily um you need to jump right up to maintenance i think that might be a bit extreme um, I understand the logic because we want to grow as soon as possible after the show. But I think a somewhat gradual approach is probably the best approach, um, not only for your body, but psychologically. Yeah. Okay. Because taking it 12 weeks, like you said, late Norton, uh, 50 grams, maybe every week or every two or three weeks, right, of carbs, and then slowly siphoning off your cardio over three months that's going to be extremely hard for the majority of people. And it's almost like turning a four month prep into a seven month, seven month prep. And so I just think the, the possible benefits from taking it that slow 
uh, aren't really worth the reward. Maybe maybe taking it that slow, you you get a one percent reward from it. You know, not necessarily entirely accurate, but it's just not really worth the reward. So for me, I take it a little bit more gradual, a little bit more in between the two, um, and then just psychologically, it just it just helps me get back to enjoying training. Okay, yeah. because if you take it super slow. Like like you said, over a twelve week period where you're just gradually increasing, it's it's hard to get back to that level of enjoyment you have, say, in your off season, where you just enjoy going in and and hitting, say, a PR on a certain rep range with a certain exercise every other week, right? So for me to get the motivation back after a show, to get myself back in that mindset of okay, I want to improve week by week by week, I need to have that psychological benefit of getting back to kind of at least feeling normal with my body as soon as possible. Um, I'm not saying the first week after a show, but like I said, maybe four or five weeks after a show, I'm kind of back to normal and then I'm progressing it from there. And I just, I just think it, in, in a way for me, it helps psychologically just improve my quality of training after the competition, which all in all improves my motivation and then helps me push forward um, at a better pace. Yeah. Totally agree. That's 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 where my head would be at as well. It's going that slow, you're just gonna feel worse for longer. So, you know, definitely try and just expedite it, get yourself back up and running, and then everything's just gonna be so much smoother. I think I think that, yeah, because, that yeah. Because like you said, you know, after your first show, you struggled personally with getting that motivation back to get in the gym, train hard. Uh, follow any type of nutrition program or cardio or anything like that. So I think one of the keys that we're, we're missing when we take that slow approach is the psychological aspect, right? If we can get ourselves back to a motivated point where we feel determined to, you know, smash our workouts and, and see our body composition get better, see our physique get better, then we're going to get better results because the psyche is is just as big of a part of it as the actual plan in place. Yeah, I think that is a great place to leave it off. Like the take home message post show is to get results, start getting results ASAP and do what needs to be done to, to make that happen. You know, don't, don't faff around, don't have no plan. Um, any, any, even the crappy plan is better than no plan when it comes to post-show. I can definitely attest to that myself. Um, so not that my plan post-show in 2019 was crappy, but my plan in 2016 was no plan, and that was bad. So that that is the real key. Just get back into some norm, some feeling of normality and, and back to improving your body and improve, improving your body composition. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Um, I hope that that episode was informative. Uh, a little bit of a rant on people not training hard enough in the middle, but that's fine. I think that's warranted. You can expect to hear more about that in the next episode. Um, Kyle, where can people find you if they need to reach out? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Kyle underscore Gallant 24. Perfect. And I am now Co- Coach Charles Barclay at coach Charles Barkley on Instagram and uh, guys thanks for listening we'll catch you in the next one have a great week thanks everyone